Cameron? Yeah? You know what's great? No. The sound of ice hitting water when it cracks and pops. That's a fun pop, isn't it? It is like one of the most satisfying pops ever. Because you that, get... <laughs> the, well, the crack is so... um, It's so, like, immediate. It shouldn't be refreshing. But it feels good to hear this loud snap, like, immediately. It's very frictive. It, it's just like... You do a thing and you immediately get a result, and it just—I love—I uh, love the so- sound of it too. I, I remember when we were working on the land of glass. I actually tried to replicate it for a spell, and I could never get it like loud enough. It's it just could not get any microphones to properly pick it up because I didn't have the equipment, and so I ended up faking it, doing I don't remember what, but yeah, because I just put ice in the, in, in this glass of water before we started because I'm I'm going a little sober tonight, and uh, man, I just like this sound is so fucking good. I wish more things were as good as that sound. Yeah. But not everything can be crackling ice, I guess. No. Some so things I'm... are opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad. Yeah. How was that? I did the intro. Did, the, did that make you happy? You did a good job. I messed it up. So thank you. You're welcome. I got your back. So, this is what I hate about Animal Crossing. You, you played Splatoon, right? Yes. No. So you, you know how every time you boot it up, you get like the news... And they have to tell you what's going on today. Sure. So they do that on Animal Crossing now. Except most days nothing's going on. So it's like before I can play, after it takes forever to load, I have to, you know, I have to sit through Isabel going like, oh, I guess, hmm, I guess there's nothing in the news today. Uh, oh, I could talk about a TV show I saw last night. It was a, it was a comedy and I laughed for hours. But then it, it hurt afterwards because I laughed too hard. Okay, okay, you can go play the game now. And I've heard this like 50 times. I don't want to play anymore. It's funny because like you describing that once, it's like, oh, that's really charming. Yeah, but then, once. One, yeah, once is charming and then don't do it again. Or maybe like once a month because you're just like, oh, I remember that's a callback now. But uh, every time there's no news would be... Uh... Nintendo's, come on, Nintendo. You can do better than that. You got money, allegedly. Well, just don't have a news segment. On your, you know, resort island that doesn't have anything in it. Also, yes. Like, the point of Animal Crossing is that it's relaxing. And mm-hmm. they've just, they put so many, like, there's achievements, and there's, like, daily quests, and it's like, I don't want to do this. I did my own Animal Crossing this week, and then I repainted my bathroom. How'd that go? It actually went pretty well. It ended up taking us a few days, because we'd work on it, we put, like, a coat of primer on, and it's just like, okay, but... Now we're tired and don't want to do anymore. Let's do the second coat tomorrow. So it took took four days and there was, you know, cleanup and whatnot. But it went pretty smooth. We didn't get paint everywhere. It did a good job with the trim. Other than the trim looks like shit anyways because the previous owners were awful. But uh, yeah, it's done. I ordered a bunch of stuff to actually, like, you know, replace the vanity and the sink and the faucet. But that's not going to arrive till, like, late July. So I have a half-finished bathroom. That's kind of fun, too. Yeah, I still gotta call a plumber and make sure that's all right, arranged. I keep forgetting to do that, but... Getting there. I'm almost almost got a fully, fully renovated new house. It's taken this long to finally touch the bathroom, but... Good God, does it look so much better now. Also, how's did it... I... Well, how's it like being a, a homeowner? It's pretty... I guess I'm pretty used to it. It's fine. Um, It, it is weird, like, having a, a decent set of tools... And not like decent as in quality, but like as in variety and wanting more, even though I probably won't ever mostly use them. 
but it's sort of like, you know what's fun to own is tools now. I'm 32. But I do like, uh, I do like having like something that's mine and the neighbors are a yard apart and, and the utility bills are cheaper. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been a good, good life upgrade for me on the whole. It is weird, like, paying more attention to how clean the place is, because I actually care now, where I, I used to not when I was had the apartment. It's like, oh, I'll vacuum once in a while, now it's like, I have a strict vacuuming regime, because floor gets fucking dirty. Yeah, I... <laughs> things are things are different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, because it's like, functionally, a building that you live in is a building that you live in. Yeah, I mean, it, it so is largely just... just a big box, right? Yeah. Well, I found gold. Are you playing Animal Crossing? You're playing Deep Rock Galactic. No, I'm playing Animal Crossing. I'm gonna bury some money and grow a money tree. Can you do that? Yeah. Could you do that before? I feel like that's familiar. Yeah. Oh. That's charming. It's cute. Um, it's not like a lot of money, but it's kind of cute to see the tree like slowly grow over a couple days, and then it sprouts bags of money. Like, like it's a it's a cute little visual that I appreciate. Yeah. My turnips are garbage today. They're they're forty bells a turnip. I've had I think I've had one or other two other people on my Facebook bitch about their turnip prices this week. Maybe it's just a bad week for turnips. It is funny that you can basically play the stock market in Animal Crossing. Well, you, you know what it's called in Animal Crossing, right? The stock market. Yeah, it's all but with like an guns. L. No. Yes. But you you buy them from Sao Joan. She's a sow. Oh, I th- I th- in the previous games, didn't you get him from Tom Nook? No. Oh, you're the you're the Hitler of Animal Crossing, Chad. Me? Yes. Well, I you do have one... a final solution, and it's called "Don't Play It." Yeah, it works. Yay! I found a fossil. Oh, that speaking of Switch, though, that new Pokemon DLC came out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Did you did you see the Pokemon event they did yesterday? Nope. They announced Pokemon Snap. They're going to make a new Pokemon Snap. Oh, that's cool. People like yeah. that one. And it's cute. And it looks like they're not like reinventing the wheel or anything. It, it's the same thing where you just kind of you coast along and you can you point the camera and you take pictures of cute Pokemon doing cute things. That's it. It's not trying too hard. Mm-hmm. The graphics are so much better than the Pokemon game that's out right now. Oh, yeah. And that's what immediately, like, everyone's, <laughs> like, like man, you know, we were complaining that Pokemon game looked bad at launch, but now that they're already showing off a Pokemon game that looks infinitely better and has, like, unique animations in it, it's really highlighting how bad this DLC I just paid for is. Well, darn. I, I didn't think the new Pokemon game looked that bad, but I guess it, I'm so used to seeing it on, like, a handheld. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It looks worse than the GameCube Pokemon game. What was the GameCube Pokemon game? Uh, Stadium? Well, there was Col- no, there was Coliseum and XD. the fuck was Pokemon XD? I, I recognize that name, and I don't know why. XD, um, it had like more of a story mode, and there was like the Shadow Lugia on the front. Oh, yeah. Images, let's take a peek. It doesn't look half bad. So it's just, it's weird seeing the Switch game where like the draw distance is so short that like trees and like or like even npcs walking down the street will like pop into view as you walk along a short street 
this is a fun picture because it's it's just legitimately comparing XD with the new one. Oh, did you find a comparison? Yeah. Now I know some of those are like intentionally finding bad examples in the Switch, but at the same time, they look bad. <laughs> it's weird because the uh, the the shadows on the Switch version are really not good. Like. I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. I'm just like, it looks like this character is almost floating over the grass instead of attached to it. Yeah. Whereas you can no. tell with the others, they're at least like in the world. There there are some issues. Um, I think what they did with the Switch one, uh, and not to, not to defend it too much, but they did pick and choose important moments where they want to make sure it looks neat. And the, like the big gym battles feel like really cool boss battles. Um, they are very hype, and visually they're interesting. And it's like, okay, this this actually makes me feel like this is a new Pokemon game. Sure. And then once you get on a path, and it's not really a path as much as like... You know how the, the open world in Ocarina of Time was like... There's this overworld, and it's big, but it's basically just open, and you can walk in any direction, and there's no obstacles? Yep. That's what the paths are like now. Where there are like open world segments, where it's like look, there's so much to explore. But by explore, there's a patch of grass over there and a patch of grass over there. And they're both going to have the same Pokemon in it. So you can walk by one if you want some Pokemon. That's a shame. I remember, like, because that open world aspect worked really well in Ocarina of Time. But it was also, like, you had the, the day-night cycle. And, like, depending on how far in the game you got, things would kind of change. Like, at one point, you know, you'd find the, the ghosts, right? You had to, like, fight the ghosts and put them in jars. And so you'd... There's always something to kind of be nervous about, because you were clearly in a place that was filled with monsters and people were at war, and you didn't. It it, it changed itself just enough where you never knew what you were going to expect, even if you were in like a familiar area. So yeah, there were day night cycles in Ocarina of Time. There were day night cycles in Pokemon Gold. In the Switch one, they turn off the day night in some areas. That's a shame. It's like it feels like a step backwards in multiple ways. On top of like, there's there's uh there's debate as to whether or not like excluding Pokemon from the Pokedex is a bad thing. Um, some people count that as a downgrade. It, it, you can debate that, but then there's other things like, why does the frame rate drop every single battle? Like, not that much is going on here. Yeah, that's a um one's like a philosophical debate, and the other one's like a straight gameplay downgrade. Th- there's like a or or like the shadows where you can't tell where the character's actually standing, um, or sometimes like there's something wrong with the trees and the trees won't have shadows, but then if you turn the camera funny, they'll like turn on. Oh, from like certain angles, it's like it's it's buggy stuff that you would expect to see in an early access game on Steam. Sure, and it's weird with the big Pokemon logo on there. Like it's one of the most lucrative franchises. And it's like, no, I'd rather play the phone game. It has a little more polish to it. I just can't imagine they would phone in, like, the the game on the Switch. Like, that's such a huge deal. Like, if yeah. it needs more time, Nintendo's usually known for, like, you know what, we're going to push the release back, date back a couple months and, and polish this properly. You know what? A lot of, a lot of negativity. I want to say one more nice thing. Okay. And I, I didn't think I'd really say this, but I kind of like a lot of the new characters. Um, I didn't at first, but some of them grew on me. So I, I do want to say that even though some of the designs are weird, there are winners in there that I really enjoy. There you go. 
Did you see a little minecart? There's a minecart. Nope. There's like a coal Pokemon. That's um, kind of neat. Is it a fire Pokemon? It's fire and rock. Oh, interesting. And it has this ability where if it gets hit by um by either fire or water, it actually gains speed. So it like steams up and gets powered up. Oh, that's cool. So it's this cute little like touch to it. But his feet are little rocks that spin, so he rolls along. That is actually kind of a cute Pokemon. I like him. He's kind of... <laughs> some people hate the Pokemon that look like objects. Um, right. But I kind of... I kind of like this one. Um, I Oh, the Skyscraper I hate. Like, we're going to be positive. The Skyscraper Pokemon I hate. Yeah. Dura... What is it? Duralodon. So... I think I, I think I talked about this back when the game came out. But there's a skyscraper Pokemon. Oh, that one is dreadful. And it's like someone photoshopped that into Big where like he's holding the he's holding the <laughs> the skyscraper toy and just it's him holding the Pokemon and he's just like raises his hand like what like what's the point? Like this isn't a fun thing. Yeah. Um That's good. Cuz you know how kids love to collect skyscrapers. You know uh, at a certain point though, I feel like if you had like they're buildings, but they transform into robots with guns. You could sell that to kids. So there's a... You could baby make that work? Like, I'm pretty sure if you have something transformed into something with a gun, most kids are going to be like, oh, I'll play with that. But the building thing's kind of weird, because it's just like, well, buildings don't move. They're just, they're just fucking buildings. Well, it's like, uh, as a kid watching the movie Big, I liked the idea of a skyscraper robot. Because you could use it as like a background prop for your other toys, or you have this giant robot that just like it turns into a robot and stands up. Like I thought that it wasn't the worst idea of a toy. Mm. Um, I think logistically speaking, it would probably be expensive because of the size. Yeah. Like if you if we want to get clinical about toy design, but at the same time though, like. I remember collecting Transformers, and one of the things that always pissed me off about the Transformer toys is a lot of them weren't really to scale. Like, if you got Megatron or Optimus, they were, like, way bigger than the others, because they're Megatron and Optimus. It's like, yeah, but I'm watching the cartoon, and this this doesn't check out. Like, I want I want to have, like, them to fight each other, and if one of them is, like, three times as big, it's stupid. Oh, I like this, this Black Knight. It looks like a chess piece, and it's a crow. Oh, that's a cool one. I like crows. Been a handful of them at work lately, uh, and they're they're fun to just kind of like yell at because they'll caw and I caw back, and they just look at me like I'm a dumbass. Man, the crows around here are really confused. I I think they're getting back to normal, but less people have been going to the park, so they have less stuff to pick up on. Sure. So they've been a little like on edge. I gave one a piece of uh bread the other day like I bought a sandwich from the vending machine I ate most of it and I was like I'm sick of eating this sandwich I know I saw a crow in the, the tree so I just like threw it underneath the tree he, he dives down to get it and takes off and he's like immediately chased by like three smaller birds that wanted the fuck out of that bread and I was like <laughs> oh no I started something well don't give them bread oh their birds are fine no you don't give birds bread stop it oh, they like it yeah, they get sick and die. Oh, it was a tiny piece of bread. He'll be fine. No, it's it, it's gonna it's gonna turn into a yeast infection. 
Well, that's a bummer for that crow. But for all I know, the uh, the birds got it from him. I, d- I don't have an end to this story. I hope they die. They deserve it. Yeah, you shouldn't pick on crows. I don't know. Did you want to talk about something besides Pokemon, or should I keep complaining about Pokemon? No, we can talk about something besides Pokemon. Aww. I uh, I finally got the guy at work. He's starting to 3D print one of my alien figures. Oh, cool. He's printing the body today, and he put the scale in wrong. So he's like, I can't remember what size he said. I know you said an inch, so I'm printing the body as an inch. And I was like, oh, that's too big. But we're going to do the whole thing at an inch. I'm going to assemble it and just to see how good it turns out, and then we'll scale it down and try again with actually what I want. And I figure if it turns out really good, I can either paint it and keep it at work or like give it to my one neighbor who likes that stuff. Or I'll, I'll find something to do with it. Uh, but it's going to be interesting because it has to build all that support stuff as it goes up. And so it's like, oh shit, there's a, it's more than just a couple of sprues you got to cut. This is going to be a, kind of involved to get this thing uh, out of its housing. But the body will be done. Uh, it's done now. I'll, I'll go and I'll scrape it out of there tomorrow and probably fuck around with it and then jot that down on my shift notes is like helping R&D test their 3D printer even though because technically that's true but also it's kind of bullshit yeah but also they do need to know what they're doing Mm-hmm. but it looks like it'll be about two hours apart which isn't too bad because he's like yeah we print other stuff in like max detail or whatever it could take like 60 hours and this is only two and it's like well yeah but this is also really tiny but that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping next week I'll have uh, an update or two on the, the progress of that. Ideally, all the parts will be printed and I'll have it glued together, if nothing else. That's going to be fun. Yeah. I know you had a topic for this week, but I'm not going to lie, I don't put any thought into it. Uh, Would you like to put thought into it, or should we just talk? I feel like we can just talk. <laughs> the thing we do. Uh, okay, so... I was watching Disney Plus because I I really enjoyed Disney Plus. We got it like when it launched, and I've been actually coming back to it pretty frequently. Um, okay. But anyways, like I'm browsing stuff, and I stumbled upon a section of all of those like straight to home video Disney sequels. They're all on there. All of them. But I there were some that I didn't know existed, and they're on there. Wow. I, I think they got both Aladdins. They got Mulan too. They got Cinderella too. They got some Mulan too. Yeah. Oh, Mulan too's great. Um, they like the moral of the story is that she learns her place as a woman and stays home to be a housewife. Like oh, they, neat. they go out of their way to correct all the feminism that accidentally got in the first film. <laughs> Jeez. It's it's like if if you want to complain that the straight to home video movies are bad. Like, normally the complaint is the quality, but with Mulan 2, it's like, why did you make this? <laughs> it is so bizarre. Did you watch the first movie? Jeez. Um, yeah, the, uh, Lion King 2, where one one of his cubs turns out brown, so he's, like, racist against him. I remember he looks much like Scar. The Lion King, like, one and a half. Because they made oh, the Lion King 2, and then they went back, and I think that was more of a Timon and Pumbaa story. Yeah, one and a half was cute. It was um, it was the first movie from the perspective of Timon and Pumbaa. Okay, then, With, then they got a spinoff cartoon. Yeah, they Which and then there was a spinoff good, cartoon. I think. No. Oh, I remember liking it as a kid. I liked it as a kid. I went back to it as an adult, like literally last year. I was like, "Whatever happened to that?" 
and I found it on Disney Plus, and I I tried skimming through an episode, and it's like I can't believe I sat through this. Uh, That's surprising. I mean, I understand that like child me probably didn't have the best taste in literally anything, but uh, I don't know those characters are so fun. I'm just like, how do you write them poorly? They kind of well the the situations they're in, like they go to Paris, and it's like knockoff Animaniacs. Oh, yeah, that'll um, do it. That'll do it. So, anyways, I was watching this interesting video about the the straight to home video stuff. It's interesting how, like this this trend started right about the time that everyone was really tired of sequels in Hollywood. Like the the go to remark was always, "Well, if it has a two in it, don't see it," because it's just people were getting tired of the pattern. Sure. Of every success gets a sequel that's underwhelming. At the same time, that VHSs were becoming practical to own like the prices were coming down to a point where families started to have vhs units yep so disney had this great idea of well why do you even bother putting it in theaters let's make these cheap movies on the cheap and just get them straight to the the money source and we'll make a big deal out of the real movies and keep those in theaters and this is about the same time they're playing with that vault idea so there was this like implied level of oh if you don't buy um lion king 2 you might go in the vault and you'll never see it again so yeah, it's a perfect that. storm yeah <laughs> so so disney plus has been fun because it's basically the vault is open and it's like wow you guys put a lot of junk in here right it was implied <laughs> that good things go in the vault I, my problem okay, i haven't i've seen a lot of disney movies but i've only ever seen them like the one time when I was a kid, I have not gone back to most of them. And the only one I have gone back to is The Lion King, which I actually own on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. So you're telling me, like, there's a Cinderella 2. And I'm just like, I can't remember what happens in Cinderella 1. It's she... been, like, 14 years. So Cinderella 1, she's poor, but she's got those those really hot feet. Oh, yeah, okay, it... Cinderella's the, the bibbidi-bobbidi-boop one. Yeah, and so she gets a better dress that it magically is given to her for no reason besides she wanted a dress, and then she goes to a ball and the prince falls in love with her because now she's pretty. So it's an inspiration to everyone. Yay, wait, this is the first one or the second one? This is the first one. This is the timeless classic one. (laughs) Why am I so bitter today? I don't know if I feel like the point isn't that she's pretty; it's that that she finally gets to like not be in squalor for an evening, and people realize that there's more to her than just her ability to like wash clothes. And it's yeah, that she she's also pretty. looks good if you give her money. Yeah, I, 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 I guess mean, it is like, not. It's it's not like she she shows the world her secret talent. It's it's like a reality TV show where Snoop Dogg shows up. It's like, mm, girl, you got to wear this dress. Because she just has, like, a fairy godmother for no fuck-all reason, right? Like, Yeah, she's not, like, a rightful, like, ruler of, like, noble heritage or anything. Um, She's not, like... Like, with Mulan, what, why I love Mulan is she, as a person, proves herself more than once. Yeah. And she is a capable person through her own means. Like, she has a, a magical dragon sidekick. That is basically incompetent and doesn't... It's not a deus ex machina that gives her special powers. Right. It, it almost like makes Mulan. things worse in some, you know, some of the <laughs> yes. time. Um, it's, 
that's the thing. I I think that I hate some of these movies because they're um from an animation standpoint they're important, but I feel like they're not fun to watch because they're literally just bedtime stories aimed at children that are extended to feature length. Well, yeah, because Cinderella is like a super wish fulfillment story, right? Like, yeah, oh, her her family sucks, no one likes her, but then a fairy godmother shows up and gives her money and nice clothes, and then she gets to marry the prince. And it's like, happily well, ever after. Yeah. So Cinderella two is her living happily ever after. And then That's what it. happens? Oh, there's like no real conflict, or it's like a collection of short stories where she helps uh, the commoner filth below her. Oh. It. <laughs> It's, I don't know. Um, how about how about uh, Lilo and Stitch? You like the Lilo and Stitch sequels? I'm trying to remember if I actually saw any of those. I remember seeing the TV show, and I remember seeing the movie and really liking the movie at the time. But I don't know if I've seen, I, I have to have at least seen the second one. There's no way I would have missed that. I couldn't tell you what it's about. Well, there's, um, so... There's like Lilo and Stitch as a franchise is like Star Wars expanded universe complicated. Yes, because um, there's a lot of weird alien shit that goes on. Yeah, and it's like multiple like stitches, right? Like because they're making making they're he was engineered. Well, or, he was Experiment sixty six. Yeah. So there's six hundred and twenty five other experiments that are on the loose. That's a lot of them. Catch them all. I was going to say, like, I'm pretty sure there's that many Pokemon now. So, yeah. So there was Lilo and Stitch. There was the direct-to-video sequel Stitch the movie, um, which tied into... like the That movie was the lead into the TV show that introduced this idea of, like, more characters. Okay. Um, when that got canceled, they made a movie called Leroy and Stitch, where Stitch and his friend Leroy go on an adventure. Now, at this point... We get the fourth movie, Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch Has a Glitch, which goes on to <laughs> explain like more origin story stuff, which is then used in the anime series Lilo and Stitch. No, I'm sorry, it was just called Stitch with an exclamation point. And after that, that went off the rails and like retconned too many things. So later, they made a third TV show called Stitch and I, which is actually only shown in china because china i guess stitch uh tracks very well in asian markets i was gonna say none of this makes any sense i don't but if there's a market for it disney's gonna you know market because i believe there was also another movie just about leroy which kind of makes me ill to think about so what what does leroy look like um Lilo and Stitch. He's Leroy. red? He's like a red Stitch. Oh, he, so he's just like the same goddamn thing. He's just a different color. I think he's Experiment 627. He's like a superior... He's like he's Shadow the Hedgehog. He's literally like the ultimate life form that like Stitch wasn't perfect, but this one was. And But then like Stitch, through his own like ingenuity, comes out on top anyways. And it's like, no... I'm I'm thinking like they should, if they're gonna keep doing sequels, they need to like scale up the character ages a lot, and it's just like uh, uh, Lilo is like I don't know in her late twenties and she's got a college degree, but it's not getting for her any money, and there's the job market in Hawaii sucks, and she's just like, at least I still got my blue dog alien. 
And he just, so, like, comes in, like, covered in cocaine, and the cops are following him. <laughs> so the the follow-up problem I think a lot of these sequels have is that these movies have set endings where everything is wrapped up. So yes. it's very hard to revisit them in an elegant way. Because, uh, like, there's two Beauty and the Beast sequels. But the whole thing ends with the curse being lifted, so there's no more talking furniture or Beast Man. Right. So they have to, like, go back in time, and it's like a... Well, no, this was before the curse was lifted, and it's like a... It, it's Belle in the library, and she's reading stories, and then Lumiere tells her stories about furniture. Because, like, marketability is you need the iconic characters. Yeah, and that's the problem, right? Because, like, technically... There's no such thing as happily ever after, because the story keeps going, and people get this... You're going to argue with your spouse once in a while. Like You could continue on with those characters, and it's like, everyone's no longer talking furniture, and the curse is lifted, but so they might have different views on how to raise their children. Like You can still have conflict and use them, but no one's going to give a shit unless one of them looks like the beast. No, this is the thing. She gives birth to the first child, and, and the beast. child... no. The child looks like a candlestick, and it's like Lumiere. Oh God! So here's a here's my question. Um, Pinocchio two. There's no Pinocchio two, but I was talking to my dad about the subject, and he had this great idea for Pinocchio two. It should open with like that movie ends with him becoming a real boy. Yep. Right. So the movie should open with a shot of him hanging from a rope. And the whole movie is like a, a murder mystery to try and figure out who hang, who hung him, hanged, and and it who hanged him, and it turns out like by the end it's like revealed that he was just trying to relive his life as a toy when he was a puppet that hanged by strings, and he did it wrong. That was so fucking dark. <laughs> hey, you know that you know that cute little character in your favorite movie, Pinocchio. He goes on an adventure, becomes a real boy, learns what it's like to be a person, and and have friends. Yeah, it turns out he kills himself in the sequel, and no one knows why <laughs> till the end. And you're like, oh, he, fuck. I really like that idea, but not as a kids movie. <laughs> that's like an Adult Swim thing. Like, like they use Family Guy a, characters to do this, and it's like, like a robot Brian is uh. Is Pinocchio, and they just walk in, and like Brian's dressed like Pinocchio, and he's dead. And there's just, you know, like when they did the Star Wars things, and Peter was Han Solo and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know how else you pull that off. Like, it has to be on Adult Swim, because no self respecting studio would make that otherwise. Oh. What are, I'm trying to think, I, I don't even know what all Disney, because I assume most of these Disney movies have weird sequels. They seem to. Um, did you know they made a sequel to Toy Story? Yes. I actually heard this... That one this, turned out okay. I heard this uh, on the radio the other day that apparently Toy Story 2 and 3, the, the pitch was that they were going to be directed to, to video as well. And Pixar said no. And then all the sequels to Toy Story ended up making like $2 billion. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, if Pixar didn't come along, Disney would not have changed their, their market strategy at all. Makes sense. Um, it's <laughs> it's weird. What a world. So I guess um, what what I wanted to talk about wasn't just like laughing at some of these weird concepts, but really, like what? How would you handle a 
if you have to do a sequel to a classic Disney cartoon, um, would you would you bother trying to stay faithful to a story that's been fully resolved, or is it like time to go crazy because no one's gonna watch it because it has a two in it? That's a uh, that's interesting because I feel like there's a certain level of both. Like uh, okay, Little Mermaid. I haven't seen this movie in like twenty fucking years, but I know it ends with her getting legs and she goes on land and she's a lives with the prince or whatever. So I feel like the sequel, you have to get him in the water again because it's the Little Mermaid too. So she has to go back to being a mermaid. So then the question is, how do you do that? Is it an unresolved character from the first movie that's uh? does some magic or is the the mermaid or like the prince just like one day you know what honey i wonder what it's like to live in the water and then all of a sudden like he turns into a mermaid and also can't talk and she's like fuck i've been here before and so then they go on a boat and he swims along and i don't know once you get him in the water then you can kind of figure stuff out because she's still got a family under there and it's like hey dad i'm gonna bring my look at my husband let's introduce you to atlantis or whatever and it's like a, a a a sitcom story. So the real little Little Mermaid two, Return to the Sea, is about their daughter returning to the sea. I suppose having kids is one way to do it too. But it's interesting that your train of thought was actually the direction that they did for an actual thing. So you're on the right track. I it just it seems like that's the only direction you can go. Because if it's if you're gonna call it the Little Mermaid two and there's no mermaids in it whatsoever, you know what you could so, do is okay. Go first. They're on a boat, and they they run into some like sirens, and Ariel's like, "Oh, I know what those are. Stay the fuck away from those." But it's too late, and her husband is just like drawn into the sea and falls in, and then she's got to like turn back into a mermaid to go rescue him from the from the sirens who are gonna like eat him or some shit. And then she runs into the the crab. He's really angry because he's crabby. Um, I don't know why. I don't know. There's a there's something there that if I spent like 15 minutes on, I might have a better idea of what to do. Okay, before I before I talk about Little Mermaid, I just had this idea for Frozen Two. Um, I want them to redo Frozen Two, but it's about Olaf, and he's he wants to travel the world and like help raise awareness of climate change, but he comes back believing in flat Earth because he's stupid. <laughs> and that's that's the joke i don't have anything more on that oh that's funny um okay little mermaid 2 i'm thinking it would be interesting if there was just this like accepted um immigration of uh mermaids are like tired of being underwater and they're like well ariel's having fun she's a princess you know what she's doing and it's like everyone's like leaving the ocean and it's like like is it's like about the balance of things, I guess. Sure. Where there aren't like stewards of the ocean, like the the kelp farms aren't being tilled or whatever. I I don't know. Um, like the the mermaids don't do anything besides swim around in the movie. But no, I feel like you thing, could right? build up something more. I think that the problem is is if you go too far into building up something more, you're basically just doing the movie Aquaman. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. It, this would kind of be like Aquaman. But without the like civil war, okay, it would it would be more like light and kid friendly, but it would also be kind of like, although under the sea is fun. Like what what are you guys doing? Come on, 
and it could it could be a thing about um like you could address xenophobia because I feel like it's touched on a little bit, but not really. Mm-hmm. And you could you could touch on exchanging like uh like cultural things, and uh I don't know I I feel like there are themes you could tie in there, but I I think ultimately I wouldn't want to have to do Little Mermaid too. Yeah, maybe that was a bad example. But then they did a Little Mermaid too. So what? What the fuck does Disney know? Um, I like that Family Guy joke about like Aladdin four Jafar may need glasses. <laughs> yeah, and then like Jafar five Jafar answers the census, and it's like yeah, that's kind of how this stuff feels sometimes. Those those jokes shouldn't still be relevant. The only reason I think I want a Little Mermaid too is so the guy and the girl can both become mer people, and then he's just like, so how do we fuck? And she's like, well, I gotta lay the eggs, and you gotta come on the eggs. And he's like, but I, but that's not very fun, now is it? And she's like, no. Why do you think I wanted to go to the surface? Yeah, we came down here because it was your idea, and they have like a, a, a just a, a husband wife argument. And then the dad comes in, and it's, he's just like, did you guys? I don't know. I was watching, we've been watching Archer, and there's a, we're on that season, I think, five or six now, and there's an episode where Archer and Lana meet Lana's parents, and uh, Archer's in their hot tub, and both of her parents get in the hot tub, but they get naked first, and it's like, hey, we have a secret we need to tell you, but uh, you can't tell Lana, because it'll upset her. And Archer immediately thinks they want to have a three-way, and so he starts rattling off all his rules that he's going to have if, if, they, if they have one of those. And of course, he's completely misread the thing. And it was like one of the funniest fucking jokes that show has ever done. I was laughing so goddamn hard. And so I'm just like, how can I how can I replicate this humor, but with the Little Mermaid characters? And it's like, well, that's just plagiarism, Chad. Don't do that. How would you do Aladdin 2? How does Aladdin 1 end again? Do you know any of these movies? No, it's been a while. That's okay. I'm just... Um, I want to have a productive conversation. <laughs> okay, if I remember right, the bad guy gets turned into a genie, and then they stop him with the wishes, and then the regular genie becomes a human. Yes. And then they get to live, Jasmine and Aladdin get to rule Arabia or whatever. Agrabah. And that's how it ends, right? That's right. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, that shit's fucking over. But the thing is, is they've already established you have a you're in you're at a, a place that's fun and interesting. You got a neat aesthetic. Magic is real. Uh, they own a kingdom. Holy shit! Like you can do a lot of stuff. You don't have to do anything involving the first movie other than bring back Aladdin, Jasmine, and if the genie guy's still around him too, but not as a genie. And all of a sudden, like, oh hey, the kingdom over here is demanding this political thing we don't want to do it now we gotta go oh genie you you got some genie friends right maybe you can go find another one because we need magic because they got it magic guy and we have to go to war with them but we can't do that if they got a magic guy he's gonna fuck us up like you don't need to bring jafar back at all so that's literally what they did was bring back jafar right and i kind of figured that uh based on the family guy joke (laughs) it's literally called the return of jafar oh man it's not even called Aladdin 2. It's just the return of Jafar. So that, that's how I would do that one. And I feel like you no, could like make that. that work pretty easily with those building blocks. Um, you remember that show I recommended once called Sequelizers? 
Yes. So they did Aladdin once. And this was very interesting because the both of them came up with amazing pitches for movies that I would rather see. But the one that stuck with me, like, it takes place like 500 years after the first movie. When someone, like, finally uncovers Jafar's lamp. And it's about him, like, trying to trick his his master into giving him power. Okay. You know? And he's basically just trying to weasel his way back into the position that he was. But it's also kind of a different world, and he has to start over from scratch, too. And what's interesting is that um, the the main good guy, uh, she's like a great, great, great descendant of Aladdin and Jasmine. But you don't really realize that till the end when Jafar recognizes her. Like, there's like a, like she turns funny and her hair looks just like Jasmine and it's like you can see it in her eyes. And then he goes like crazy and like turns on her and the crowd stops him or something. Like, they, they explain it really elegantly. But it's like, Oh, and they even like named all the musical numbers that would have been in there, and it sounded like an actual Disney movie. It bugged me that it wasn't real. <laughs> sure, but I don't I, know. I guess the theme of these is that they're all bad. I hate all of these. Well, it, it, like some of these are more open to sequels than others, right? Like, I feel like you could do a Lion King two sequel because there's enough building blocks there. One second, yeah, okay, everyone's happily ever after. But you have a kingdom, and your kingdom is largely based off of the circle of life uh that that in itself is conflict you're eating your subjects and that you're telling them that's okay because it has to be okay because that's how fucking uh lions do and uh so either you introduce people with guns which i don't know if i like i kind of like it staying the, the the animals or or you introduce a new kind of animal that maybe like an invasive species or something that's fucking up the ecosystem that isn't people, but it's some other... You know, the, the introduction could be some weird accidental way this other species of thing is coming to this part of Africa. And, uh, you know, the wind, the wind blew it or some shit and thing. Or it could be... Fuck, it could be like a bug and they have to, like, deal with famine because, like, all the, the bugs are eating the, the grass and the gazelle are dying and then that means the predators are dying. And I don't know, you can... You can do stuff with that that doesn't necessarily involve, like, I don't know what the hell. I guess, like, Simba having a kid he doesn't like is the... You don't need to give, you don't need to give them fucking children to make a sequel. So you gave me this really funny, um, describing, like, exploring animal politics more. Yeah. You gave me this funny recollection of The Land Before Time. Oh, yeah. There's, like, Um, 15 of those movies. There's 14. Uh, I was close. Uh, you were. Uh, there's The Land Before Time, The Great Valley Adventure, The Time of the Great Giving, Journey Through the Mists, The Mysterious Island, The Secret of Saurus Rock, The Stone of Cold Fire, The Big Freeze, Journey to Big Water, The Great Longneck Migration, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses, The Great Day of the Flyers, The Wisdom of the Friends, Journey of the Brave. I, I could not tell you the plot of any of these movies. I remember, I remember one of them involved a baby T-Rex. Yeah, Chomper. And they, they went to either return him to his mother or had to raise him. And I know I've seen like at least five of these because I watched them all when I was a kid. But yeah, I don't yeah. remember what most of, or basically any of them were about. What was the first one about? 
They were trying dinosaurs. to find a, huh? <laughs> they're they're dinosaurs. I don't right. remember. Yeah, they they were they're trying to find this like the Great Valley or whatever where there's like, they were able to get in and then like none of the predators could get in. Like it was like a like some Spartan thing. Like, okay, well, no one will get through the hot gates, but dinosaur style, and then they could just eat the plants and and raise their kids. Also, I think the voice actress that played the Triceratops was like raped and murdered. Sweet. So there's always there's that fun thing to remember now when you watch The Land Before Time. <laughs> and by okay, fun, I so mean horrible. I I did a um I did a search for what Disney movies don't have sequels. Um, what's interesting to me is that one of these that they list is Mary Poppins, which very much had a sequel. Oh, really? But how about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Okay, so that one I know. She wakes up, she marries the guy, they live happily ever after, they defeat the witch. Which is kind of a running theme, I think, through through Disney movies. I don't know what happens to the dwarves. They just keep their house. So they're just kind of just like, well, we'll live over here, you go live in the castle? I, they're, they're literally, I mean, they had their own lives, and then one day some lady showed up and started living with them. So they just, that lasted a week. Hmm. <laughs> and that's just a weird chapter in their life. So yeah, have you ever heard Mega sixty four describe the the Snow White ride at Disneyland? No. So it's a very simple like baby ride where you just sit in a little car and it's like dioramas that you ride through. Okay. Very very limited effects and things. There's a couple cool effects, but it's very limited. The walls are flat. But they ran out of room, so it's missing like the last chapter. So, like, there's a part where it's all climactic, and it's like, oh, no, the Snow White's dying. She's dead. She's, she's here, and we're all mourning. And then you come around the corner, and it's on the cliffside, and all the dwarves are, stop the witch. We have to stop her. And the witch has, like, a giant boulder, and she's going to push the boulder over to kill you. And you come around the corner, and it says, and they all lived happily ever after. That's a weird oversight. You think they'd, like, have not done that. They they had to cut something. <laughs> Apparently, they decided the ending that explains the story wasn't that important. I feel like this is an easy one, though. So the dwarves run into some problem, and they have to, like, well, we know who can fix this. It's Snow White. She's a princess now. She'll remember us because we helped her. They go to her kingdom. There's some shenanigans just for them getting there because they're the dumb dwarves, and there's got to be some slapstick. And uh, then they, they, get, they get there, and it's like, hey, here's our problem. And then... Proceed on. How does how does Snow White help solve the problem? That works. And yeah, I think I think that'd be pretty simple. I don't know what the problem could be. I mean, they could be like, "Hey, we're out of condoms because we keep fucking each other, and this guy got AIDS. What can we do?" Or it could be something not vulgar and stupid. It, it Doc's like like, well, we have to find the Arkenstone, and then Grumpy's like, "I hate Arkenstones," <laughs> and that's it. I like the sleepy oh. one because I'm just like, yeah, I, I relate to you. Mr. Sleepy, you you go to if we go to Disneyland, you can get a shirt that says "I'm Sleepy" because they have all the dwarves there. Oh yeah, yeah. I could see myself going to Disneyland and pointedly not buying any swag because I don't think I would like it once I left Disneyland. You can get an Oswald hat. Remember Oswald? No. So Walt Disney wanted to become a cartoonist, so he made this cute little cartoon character. There's like a circle, and then he drew like cute ears on him and called him Oswald. 
and so he made a cartoon and then the production company said well we own the rights to oswald now you don't this isn't yours and he got all mad so he ripped off oswald and designed mickey mouse oh and like spitefully held on to the rights like that's why disney has like rewrote copyright law because they fought tooth and nail that oswald would never happen again so about uh six years ago Walt Disney Corporation got the rights to Oswald back. And oh, wow. they started selling the hats in the stores. So you can get a Mickey Mouse hat or an Oswald hat. And this this coincided with um, Epic Mickey 2, where they turned it into a co-op game, where Mickey found Oswald in the other dimension, and they team up together. And if you pre-ordered at GameStop, you could get an Oswald hat, but that was the only way to get the hat. So you wear those at Disneyland, and the real fans are like, where'd you get that hat? And it's like, GameStop a year ago. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't know any of that. I like this is. I feel like this is one of those things where you can't tell if I'm making things up or not. Yeah, because these stories are weird. That one sounded believable, but also if you were like, "I just made that up," I'd be like, "Oh, well, you got me." But it wouldn't surprise me either. Here's a picture of Oswald. He's a bunny rabbit. Oh, that's cute. But he's he's literally Mickey Mouse. Yep, just different ears. <laughs> Also, they thought up the gloves to help with the hand um, distinction. Yeah, yeah, I get, I see that. But, but very little changed. Mm-hmm. I also, I don't know that Oswald spoke. I think he was always in silent cartoons. And uh, part of Walt Disney's work was to get him talking. And he was so, like, he was so finicky about Mickey's voice that they kind of, they told him, like, well, Walt, you keep telling us what he should sound like. Why don't you do the voice? And he's like, oh, oh, no, I couldn't. Oh, oh, okay, I'll do it right now. Oh. I'll save you, Mickey! And like, good job, <laughs> Walt, and they clap. <laughs> nice. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Disney sequels that don't exist. So on this list, they put Pinocchio. And okay. under the description, they write, Pinocchio ended with a young puppet and a real boy. Roll credits. It's like, okay, you can't apply this logic to any of the movies that got sequels. Right. None of the sequels are warranted. Uh, so how about... Um. Oh, Robin Hood, that furry Robin Hood. Oh, that's an interesting one. Do you, Do you think there's room for more Robin Hood adventures? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure there's a lot of Robin Hood stories that don't fit in that one movie. Yeah, I mean, I, there's like fucking Tom and Jerry are with Robin Hood. Like, there's Robin Hood is such an easy caricature to do stuff with. Also, I want more of the the, the cute fox. The furry and me demands it. They're They're doing a live action one of those. With really, yes, but oh. well, that's the thing is like, are they gonna like CGI recreate the foxes, or is it just gonna be humans doing Robin Hood? I feel like every couple years we get a, a Robin Hood movie with like a completely different aesthetic, but it's still Robin Hood. Like the last one, I remember people compare yeah. kept comparing it to like the Iraq War or whatever, as far as like how it was shot. Like it was shot like a war movie, and he's using his bow like a gun. He was also, like, he was Bruce Wayne. Like, he wasn't fighting the establishment. He was literally one of the rich nobles. And then, like, at night, he would put on his Robin Hood costume. So he's like Green Arrow. Because Green well, Arrow is also rich as fuck. Well, yeah, but is Green Arrow, like, a jerk, too? Um, You know, I feel like I should know the answer to this. I read, like, ten issues of Green Arrow a couple years ago, and I hated them, but I don't remember why. I feel like with Green Arrow, he's like a vigilante justice guy. I thought he was kind of um, like Iron Man. Like he's 
snarky. Yeah, but he can be snarky, but it's like he has good intentions. And I feel like with Batman, he's literally like needs professional help. Right. And it's fun to watch him stop the bad guys. But also it's like he's like compensating for too many things that are outside of his control. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know. Wasn't there a story arc where he was like, um, where where Doctor Strange had him hooked up to a, a lie detector test and said, "I I can prove that he is Bruce Wayne." Here's a lie detector test, and he asked him like, "What's your name? Is it Bruce Wayne?" And Batman said, "No," and the lie detector didn't go off because he believes that he's Batman more than Bruce Wayne. That sounds accurate. And it's like, yeah, he's insane. I I mean, it's neat. <laughs> and it's like, and you want to see him break out and punch Doctor Strange, but it's like, uh Batman, yeah. I, Batman's so interesting. I've read so many Batman comics, and I've just liked so many of them. But I'm also just like, I would love to write a like a six issue Batman arc, and then have it be really stupid. And I, every once in a while in the comics podcast, I like quickly pitch a Batman idea or a Joker idea. That's usually like, like the last one was okay. How about because the uh, Joker's got a new girlfriend named Punchline, and uh, I'm just like, what if the what if the Joker was married to like a garbage lady? Like he he has a She's got a perfectly normal day job, and she knows he's the Joker, so she's clearly okay with some of his bullshit, but there's, like, she comes home and complains about the weird plastic people keep throwing, and they aren't recycling, and he's just like, so I was fighting the Batman today. She's like, that's fine, honey. Can you do the dishes? My hands smell like plastic and garbage yet. I need to take a shower. And just, there's not even, like, a central role plot. It's just, like, what if the Joker dated someone completely normal, and they had to put up with each other? And I feel like that would be fun. Honestly, that would be a fun like miniseries. And then at like at a certain point, like the climax is like the Joker just invites Batman over for dinner. He's like, I just I need you to meet my wife. I gotta prove it. I gotta prove you're a fucking piece of shit. And he Batman's like, okay. And then like it's just like a normal dinner, like a lot of silent panels where they're just like eating soup or whatever, and you just hear like the clink clink of spoons because it's really awkward. He's like, so, uh, Batman, uh, what do you do for a, for a living? He's like, I am Batman. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> you, okay, did you ever watch Powerpuff Girls? Yes. Do you remember the one with that evil villain that hated the professor, but he was just, like, an average house dad? Hmm. This and familiar. So he, he, like, he made a death ray... And, like, an evil villain costume. But it was literally, like, he's wearing, uh, like, a wash towel as a cape. Like, it was very homemade. Sure. <laughs> and, and, like, they invited the professor over for dinner, but the wife was, like, insistent on it being an actual dinner party. And so the whole time, there's, like, they're going through the motions of having a dinner party, but he has this death ray trained on the professor at all times. And it's like, you can't fight at the dinner table. <laughs> um... And it was like, there's all this, like, superhero nonsense going on, and all this, like, tension around, like, well, who wants more gravy? And it was just the funniest, uh, that was one of the best episodes, really. Yeah, I guess I kind of pictured this like that, but it's, like, Batman who's definitely making things weird. And it's almost like, like, the Joker and his wife are, like, a functional couple when Batman's not around. I don't like Batman. I want to write Batman comics, but I, I fucking hate Batman. <laughs> Which is why I would do a good job. 
We're at an hour. Smith. I don't know if you want to start wrapping up or if I got another Disney movie to throw at me. His his name was Mr. Smith. Nice. That was that was his like super villain name. Was like he literally just introduced himself as his legal name. Mr. Smith Smith is a good one though cuz that's a very common last name. Oh, this is great. <laughs> With the little sparklers coming off his head. Yeah. And the welding glasses and just like <laughs> The gloves, the gloves that don't, don't fit, quite right? fit. It, the details on this show, everything's so simple, but it's like deceptively simple. The important details are brilliant. I love Powerpuff Girls. Why did we talk about Disney for an hour? We could talk about Powerpuff Girls next time. I'm going to have to actually <sighs> rewatch some episodes because it has been a hot fucking minute. Have you seen the movie? I want to say yes. but I, I want to watch the movie. What? What was, was it on a Cartoon Network? Was it just like a straight to... No, it was in theaters. Oh, then no. The movie is a prequel. It's like their origin story, which was already like technically covered. It's just like it's fleshed out to It's literally length. covered in the introduction to every episode. But I mean like more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so like dark and sad. It's and it's just it's shot really well. That's a perfect movie. I feel like it didn't get a very good critical reception because it was like, I think it was advertised wrong. I don't know. Is that Death Ray just like a hairdryer? Um, yes. Do they find that out at the end that it doesn't work? No, I think it does work. Like he he modified it, but it's like the housing of just a hairdryer. Powerpuff Girls is pretty fun. I remember enjoying that show a lot. Yeah, if we can find some place where they're played, uh, we should we should pick out some interesting episodes to watch and talk about them next week. Okay. This one ended with um, the the mom was so angry that the dinner party got ruined that they all became super villains to to stop the Powerpuff Girls from ruining dinner parties in the future. I love I love her design in this. Well, she's also like competent, like. She made actual villain costumes for the family, and he still has, like, his socks on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Her daughter well, looks like a fucking bitch. Oh, they all kind of do. I know, but man, it's like, right, I, want, I want Bubbles to punch that one in the gut. I think she does. Yay! Um. So how about uh, we, we close out with a good old glad space. You got something we can talk positive about? I, uh, mine, mine's a simple one this week. Um, the other day I was at my parents' house and we were having supper. Uh, we were going through some of the leftovers and then, uh, my, my mom made, made me an egg sandwich, just a fried egg sandwich. And, uh, it was like one of the best sandwiches I've ever eaten. It wasn't even anything complicated. It was just like bread, a really nice thick slice of, of, of good cheddar cheese Egg with shitloads of salt and pepper on it, and then hot sauce, and then another slice of bread. And oh my fucking god, was that one of the best sandwiches I've had in like a decade. I swear to god, I was so happy. Uh, I, I was like, mom, I would kill someone for this sandwich. <laughs> this is so good. Sandwiches can be satisfying. Yeah, like that was a, that was a, a good one. I was just like, man, can't we talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> I like I like finding something where where your thought goes to. I need to share this with the world. Yeah, and in this case, it's just like I had a great fried egg sandwich. Everybody, you can too. What about you? What are you glad about? 
Well, today um, EA had a big, uh, like their E3 presentation. And? And they finally showed gameplay of a new Star Wars game. Oh, okay. And it's like, I don't know if it'll actually be good or not. We'll have to wait and see on that. But it looks really neat. <laughs> you, uh, It's just flying. They're apparently modeling the story after how like Ace Combat's campaign works. And so if, if it's Ace Combat but with Star Wars, then this is going to be the best game of the year for me. Sure. Uh, but you can also play it in VR, which means Ooh. I can actually like be in the TIE Fighter cockpit there. But then you can also decorate it, and they had it in the trailer... You can get a little like Ewok bobblehead and put it on your dashboard of your Xing Fighter. Oh, nice! And it's like that's cringe AF. Sign me up. No, that's fun. I I, I like the idea of it being in VR. Oh, it's it's EA though, so I'll, be, I'll have to like. I'll probably never play this game. Now in Battlefront One on the PlayStation, they had a VR tech demo where you had a very short mission that you could play in in the cockpit like that. Okay. And it was so fun. I played that one. It's like a super easy mission. And it's very like on rails for most of the time. And I think I played it like 10 times. Like that the first time doing it was this magical experience where there's a part where the Star Destroyer showed up. And I never realized how big Star Destroyers were until I saw it in first person. Like I turned my head and there was this thing that the more I turned my head, it just kept going. And then I see this like swarm of TIE fighters coming up over the ridge. And I was like, ah, and I hit the thrusters to max. And, it, and flying around with the lasers and the music and stuff and the robots. And there's a part where they, they shot down the shields. And it's like, you got to go in there. You got to destroy the bridge. So I, I had to like loop around and I'm running up the top of the, the Star Destroyer. And there's this like little trench segment that you can do the trench thing in. And so it's like, okay, you just have to shoot this one part at the base of the bridge. So I'm trying to get there as fast as I can. I'm making sure nothing's on my back. And out of reflex, like the game doesn't tell you to do this. It's technically optional. But I looked up and I was a button. So I pushed the button. And then the little like targeting radar came over and like landed over my eye. And I'm waiting for the target thing. And I pushed the button and was shot in. They're like, ah, this is Star Wars. That does sound pretty amazing. It was fun. And it was like a little tech demo that you can't lose at. Sure. You know, like it, it's um, it was like a promo thing for Rogue One. So if they make a full game with the idea that people will be playing this in VR, that's a that's a day one sell for me. Yeah, that that would be that would be pretty fucking rad. I, even I might be uh, jumping on board that just to like, like I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but hell yeah, I'll like fly around on a fucking X-wing. That sounds pretty great. One of my earliest computer games was um that Tie Fighter game. And there's something nostalgic about just being in a TIE fighter and flying through space, like on like training mission where there's nothing shooting at me. Just like there's so many controls, like every button on the keyboard does something. And just the sounds, you know, mm. I I want that feeling. And it looks like this has that feeling. Nice. Well, so Star Wars. Fun. Yeah. Star Wars Squadrons comes out, I think, this year. You know, happy puppies outside. Aww. Okay. Well, um, anything else to, to say before we close out? Nope. I'm done. Right. Bye, everybody. Well, bye, everyone. And remember, if you have Disney Plus, you can watch. Um, what was that? What was the worst thing we described today? Probably Mulan two. 
you can watch Mulan 2 on Disney Plus. Judge for yourself. Yeah, it's in the game. <laughs>